If you're new parents, uh, the teachers will be at the door and they will guide you uh, where you need to take your kids. We, uh, we keep saying this, but I, I think we need to stress and say it again, that if you're new here as parents, we pray hard and uh, we prepare hard. Uh, to love your kids and also to impact in their life, to make an impact in their life. And we try to give our best. Uh, we want to provide safety, growth, and also that we will retain them as they grow up, train them to be in the ways of the Lord. So we are with you. We just want to let the parents know that. <clears throat> if you have your Bible we're going to turn to Revelation chapter 3 and starting from verse 7 till verse, uh, verse 13. So we will look at these six verses today. Um, how many of you are ready to study the Word of God? Yes, yes. So every Sunday when you come here, we're going to look at the Word of God. We, were, we are going to study the Word of God. And uh, sometimes we may look at a word or a sentence, but we're going to have serious study of the Word of God. And you can expect that every Sunday when you come here to this church. Um, so let me read it for you uh, from the scripture in Revelation uh, chapter 3 um, here. It's uh, to the angels of the church in Philadelphia, right? This thing says, he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I'm going to leave you with this thought and take you back to the series that we have been doing. The series that we've been doing is on the seven churches. And we're going to pick up on the sixth church, the church to Philadelphia. And next Sunday... We are going to do the church on Laodicea. And starting May, the first Sunday of May, we're looking at game changer. What is the game changer for you for your life? What is a game changer so you can keep your winning streak alive? The winning streak here by what I mean is to continue to walk with the Lord despite your ups and downs. You can continue to have the winning streak with the Lord. And we're going to look at 40 days ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. After the resurrection, Jesus continued to live for 40 days on this earth. And he did marvelous things for his disciples. And I'm going to pick those points and ministry. And that can be game changing for you. What is one of the first things he dealt with when he resurrected? The first thing he dealt was with fear. If you can overcome your fear, wouldn't that be a game changer for you? Yes. So exciting series. If you want to invite your friends to this game changer series, please do so. They will not be disappointed. Otherwise, uh, I'll give the money back. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at the seven churches. By the way, I was at Safeway on Monday, Tuesday. And people are in the line to check out. And they, there's this couple. 
they kept looking at me. I like I was thinking, I know I'm handsome, but I'm not that handsome, you know. I mean, because they kept looking like three, four times, and like, okay, something's going on. They walk up to me and they said, "You're the pastor from First Baptist Church, Santa Clara." Say yes, yes, I'm the pastor. I came last Sunday, and I'm trying to remember her face. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, you get like one of those. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, and then yes, she came with her kid, and they have been looking for a church. And she said, "You are so funny. I want to laugh out loud, but it seems like in your church, maybe." There is not so much of laughter. Am I allowed to laugh? And I was like, "Yes, you are allowed to laugh in our church." I'm te- I'm letting you know, visitors, you are allowed to laugh in our church and clap your hand in our church. Okay, nothing will happen to you. Okay, I just want to say that. Yes, yes. There you go. There you go. Yes. I finally made it without asking you to clap your hand. You did on your own, right? We have made great progress. Hallelujah. Seven churches. Uh, Philadelphia is just north of Laodicea. And this is in modern Turkey today. Modern Turkey today. Um, all the seven churches are in modern Turkey. Uh, near Izmir. Um, and there are different names for the seven churches now. So today we look at Philadelphia, the small but faithful and powerful church. It's amazing. It is amazing that there are two churches that Christ has nothing, no negative things to say. Two churches. And what are the two churches? One is the poor church. The other one is the small church. You cannot look down on the size. You can't look down on small or uh, being uh, obscure. Uh, there is something powerful. And we're going to learn that lesson. You can't look down because the church is poor or people are poor. Because God has something powerful, powerful to create out of those things. And we learn the lessons in these two churches. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited this morning. And when we look at, say, to the church in Philadelphia. Philadelphia means uh, Brother Lila. Okay. Thus the city was built by Atlas the two, uh, because he loves his brother so much, uh, and his and uh, he created the city for him. Atlas Philadelphus the second. That's why the name Philadelphia. Um, and so, uh, in Greek, phila, philo, love, delph, brother. So mixed together, Brother Lila. Philadelphia was on an earthquake zone, and the city was destroyed, and somewhere near um, 70, 80 or something, uh, um, Tiberius had to rebuild it again. It is on an important route or route for the Romans, Although it was a small, significant city, uh, in small city, it had it played a role in the economy of the Roman Empire. So I want to give a little bit of that background. That you know, Dionysius was the god, the deity in Philadelphia. Do you know what what god he stands for? Uh, wine. 
wine making, drinking. So there is a lot of free flow of drinking in that city. Um, <clears throat> my son knew that he was the god of wine. Uh, here. So, these things he says, who is holy and he who is true. Right? He who is holy and he who is true. Uh, sanctus et verus. You have heard that word many times in Latin. Sanctus, holy, verus, witness, good, true witness. Sanctus et verus. People know this word at that time. So he who is sanctus, he who is verus, he who is true and genuine. That is the introduction that uh, Christ is giving to the people over there. What he is claiming here is that this is the true Messiah. The Holy One is the true Messiah that is consecrated one. This is the one that has been set apart. That's what it, it means here. You're looking into that. That this is the only true witness. This one is the true witness that has come. And he that is true, he that is consecrated, he that, is, that has been set apart, he that has been uh, tested and tried, and true witness, verus. And agios is in Greek, and sanctus is in Latin. This one, the Lord, agios, the sanctus Lord, this is the one that is going to write, uh, writing the letter to you. That is a tall claim for somebody, right? That's a tall claim that I am the Holy One. I am the true one. And you can trust me. I'm verified. It's amazing introduction. And look at that. He who has the key of David. Eh? He who has the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. Now this, he who has the key of David, this is a phrase. This is a reference to where? In Isaiah 22. In Isaiah chapter 22. Now, in Isaiah chapter 22, when the prophets was uh, proclaiming the word of God, and he, this is in reference to Eliakim. Eliakim holds the key of the king, the temple. Right? Eliakim, Eliakim holds the key to the household, the king entrusted. Isaiah 22, verse 22. A read from Eliakim is probably in verse 20. When you read from there, it describes Eliakim in 20, 21, and then you come down to 22 and say, He has the key. It's a reference to Eliakim that Jesus Christ holds the key to the kingdom of God. He has the full authority to open and to shut it. He has the key. Nobody else has the key. He has the authority to shut it and to open it. Remember when you read in Matthew 28, uh, all authority is given to whom? To Jesus. All authority is given to me. In Romans 14, when you read in verse 9, that He is the Lord of the living and the dead. He is the Lord of the... In Revelation, in the, uh, in the letter that we have done before, is that He has the key to Hades and the death. Did you know 
Did you know that we said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me, that what Jesus said. But did you know that Jesus also holds the key to Hades? No, you didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know that. I want you to know that Satan doesn't hold the key to Hades and the dead. It's Christ that holds the key even to Hades and death. This is a powerful stuff. He's not only the one that has the key to heaven. He has the key to the death. He can lock the death. He can open Hades. In Revelation you read, you have been reading, that Satan was locked in the bottomless of the beast. Who has the key? He has the key. If Satan had the key, he would be running around everywhere. Doing all things that he wants to do. But it's Christ that holds the key. The house of David. It means he is the absolute power. The house of David is what? That's the throne. The kingdom that will go forever and ever. And who has the key? Who has control? It's Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, I agree with you. Hallelujah. I mean, this is very encouraging to me. That Christ is all power. Hades over death, you know, of the living and the dead. And he has all authority in our lives. Ready for more? Yes. And he says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, I know your works. This, this, this is a standard motto, isn't it? A standard phrase that Christ used in all the seven churches. So I know your works. Uh, do you think that Christ failed to notice your work that you do for the church? Absolutely not. Life group leaders, worship leaders, children, volunteers, people who work in the garden, facility, cooking, hospitality, stitching, whatever you name it, you add to the list. Do you think he forgets? Do you think he failed to notice? No, absolutely not. He knows every bit of your work that I have failed to see and to recognize you. And which you have been upset for a year and I didn't even know about it. I still don't know, right? I just want to let you know that Christ knows everything that you do. And he will honor you and give reward to you. Okay. Now he says, I know your works. See, I have set. I have set before you an open door. I have set. It's like, I give. I give. I have said means I give. What? This is the gift of Christ to the church in Philadelphia. What was the gift? The gift was an open door. Christ gifted Philadelphia an open door. I have given to you an open door. I'm going to give this to you, an open door. I want an open door for our church. I want Christ to gift Santa Clara First Baptist Church an open door. By the way, March 2015, 
And between March and April, this is the scripture that God laid in my heart as I was praying to come out to Santa Clara. Okay? I didn't know about this church. I don't know what the church looked like. I didn't know the, uh, the city, what the city would look like. Never been here. Just reading in the internet, looking up the areas, how expensive the houses were. Those were just stood out to me, you know. Uh, I was looking for like a 100,000 house. <laughs> in... <laughs> In Palo Alto. <laughs> and I thought I read the number wrong. I mean, there were more zeros, right? No, there was nothing less than a million dollar home there in Palo Alto. I said, no, some zeros off there. He gave me this word for this church. For this church. And I took this in my heart and I prepared what I will talk to the board and the search committee based on this scripture. And I'm letting you know again this morning, I'm reminding you after 17 months, this scripture will hold true for our church. This scripture will hold true for our church, but it is dependent on you and I. It is dependent on you and I. Let me share what is going to be dependent on you and I. He says here, I want you to look at the word for. Okay? What is for? For is a continuation of the things that Jesus, the action that's going to come. It's a conjunction, right? So the action is going to come for. For what? For you have little strength. It means to say that Philadelphia has. A lesser influence in that area. It has definitely lesser influence than Sardis and Laodicea. These two are wealthy church, well known. All the who is who, or you know, the wealthy people, they go there. People know that. Oh, let's go to Laodicea. The, you know, the mayor, the CEO, the president of Fort uh, Niners is there, and all the NFL players are there. Let's just go there because. That's the in-church that will go there, right? So they're going there. They, they have lesser influence. By the way, this church is not personality-driven. I have said that from the first Sunday. This church is not personality-driven. This church is Christ-driven. Okay? That is the reason why we have been here for, here I come, 167 years. 167 years. Why? Because we follow Christ. We don't follow any pastor. God forbid, you follow me. Oh, you'll be in the ditch. (laughs) And you know how short people are? They'll try to climb your shoulder and get out of there and you'll be left behind. Okay? By the way, so you have little strength. You have lesser influence, uh, not like the influence of Laodicea and Sardis. Okay? And uh, doesn't this remind you about how Paul wrote to the letters in Corinthians? 
And he said in Corinthians, When I called you, not many of you were wise. See? When I called you, not many of you were wise. You were not wise in the world. You were lesser than others. But I called you so that the wise of the world will be put to shame. And this letter reminds me of Paul's letter. Again, Christ is, Paul is echoing what Christ has written. And what Christ has written is being displayed in the early churches. That four is connected to have kept my word and have not denied my name. Eh? I gifted you an open door for you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. In John 17, when Jesus was praying for his disciples, he prayed to the Father, John 17, verse 6, verse 11, 12, 13, 15. You read there, right? You say, Father, these ones, the disciples, have kept my word. So you take care of them. You remember that? They have kept my word. These are the ones that have kept my word. Take care of them. Just as I have... Just, and you keep them in the kingdom, just as they have been one with me. These are the prayers, and this is echoing in the letter again. They have kept my word. Read John 17. John 16 starts the prayer, but John 17 is praying for the disciples. Starting verse 6 onward. You will see the meaning and relation of that kept my word again and again in those verses. And have kept my word, have denied my name, have not denied my name. When you read in Romans 9, 10, 11, you can see the struggle Paul has with Jew also. And it suggests that even here, that the persecution is coming from the Jew, not from the Romans. The Jewish uh, population there are giving hard time to the Christians, but you have not denied my name despite the challenges and trials that you are facing from the Jew. And because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trials which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the Lord. I think sometimes we can just dwell on one word and the Sunday morning will be over, right? Um, because there's so much riches here. We're ready to move on to the next one, even though you need more, right? Let's try this. You have kept my command. You have endured, persevered. This is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. He said, since you kept your word, now I will also keep my word. It's corresponding to each action. Your action is corresponding to the action of Christ. You kept, I will also keep. You kept, I will. You also, I will also. Right? What is that thing? It's from the hour of trial. From the hour of trial. Let me tell you a story here. So, 
this uh, the church in Philadelphia, the people in Philadelphia, they were strong in resisting. Because when the Turks came, when the Turks came, so wait, we're going fast forward, 1379, and the Turks came to Philadelphia in 1379 and tried to destroy the church and the people there. And how long did it last? It's 1379 to 1390. So you do the math. It's not just one year. At that time, Philadelphia had become independent, and they were not under the emperor. Who was the emperor at the time? Constantine. He was not under. So instead of Constantine helping Philadelphia, he watched from distance because not verified. I'm talking about, I'm talking here as a historian now. Okay? Uh, he was jealous of Philadelphia for their stubborn resistance against the Turk, and he watched from afar, and he did not help the church. In fact, the Byzantine army, which is his army, mixed with the Turks, came there and destroyed the city later on. Right? And Christ is talking about these things. But, but, do you know that today, Philadelphia, that city is known as Allah Shahir? If you speak Urdu, uh, Hindi, Arabic, you know that Allah God, Shahir means city. Allah Shahir, city of God. Even today, there is a strong presence of the Orthodox Christianity there. The church in Smyrna and Philadelphia is the only two churches that continue to have churches and Christian even today. The rest of the other five church are uh, you can book the tour company and go and see the ruins there. Okay? There's something to learn here. There's something to learn here. And he says, I'll give you so R from the tribe. I will keep you. I gotta move on. I'm getting too excited here. Yeah. Uh, behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast. Hold fast is also a common motto that you have heard in all the seven churches. You hold fast on word. On what you have heard, what you still have, hold fast on my word. Uh, you know that. I'm just reminding you again that you, that uh, what you have, that no one may take your crown. It says, do not forfeit your crown. You have the crown right now. Don't forfeit it. Don't forfeit it by failure. Continue to have that crown. Uh, there are different types of crown. That's for another day. Okay? I will talk to you the different crown. So in this case, uh, it might be a reference to the crown of righteousness that Paul wrote to young Timothy. Remember? I am waiting for that crown of righteousness that has been laid for me. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar. So you can see those columns. The columns that stand tall for building, it's, it's an old word for that. That you'll be like the column, the column of the building, the pillar. You'll stand strong in the temple of my God. This is a reference. Who is the, who is the temple? You can read again in Timothy 3.15 again. And even in Corinthians, that you talk about the, we are the temple of God, right? 
to the temple of the Lord. And he shall go out no more. Since you are firmly secured and standing there, you will not be moved. You will not go out. You will be strong as the temple. You will be strong as the pillar that stands there. The name of my God and the name of the city of my God and the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God and I will write on him my new name. Here. There are three three rewards that is going to three things that is going to happen stay with me here one is that when you go there the name of my God one two and the name of the city of my God and three the new Jerusalem I will write on him on, on whom I will write on those who overcome I will write on you I will write on you I will write on you three things and this goes back to Exodus 28. In Exodus 28, when you read about Aaron, uh, uh, yes, thir- verse 36 uh, in that area, uh, uh, he instructed Aaron that you make a gold plate and inscribe on it the Lord of Holiness, right? The name of the Lord. And he has to wear it on his forehead. Okay? That's the instruction to the priest. What Christ is saying is that just as the high priest, the priest, on that day, anyway, we are royal priesthood. On that day, you will have three things on your forehead, written on you, different from the mark of the beast, which is 666. You will have written on you, the name of God, the name of the city of God. And what's the third thing? The new Jerusalem, and you will wear it. Isn't that amazing? And the new Jerusalem is going to come, to come down from heaven, not as a city, but God himself being the temple. Is that it? No, I left the best for you. I left the best for you. Are you ready? Yes or no? Yes. And I will write on him my new name. Do you know that Christ, Jesus, will have a new name? And you will know the new name of Christ. It will be different than what we know now. I look forward to know the new name of Christ. Isn't that amazing? That you will know the new name of Christ. The whole thing is going to be just amazing. We can't even explain what is it going to be like. Will there be a naming ceremony? You know? How will the name, what kind of name is going to be? It's like you guys, when you're going to have a baby, like, what shall we name him or what shall we name her? You know, if I don't put my mother's name, she'll be upset. <laughs> what about my father? You know, all those things. Uh, 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 it's like million times that. We're going to have the new name of Christ. And it hangs on the word, on that conjunctive on that conjunction on that conjunctive action 
for it hangs on that for for you kept my word and you didn't deny my name Philadelphia is a small church that didn't deny the name of God that kept the word of God if there is anything that we should aspire for in our church is that we keep the word of God and we don't deny the name of Jesus Christ ever and let's see what God do in this church. Last Sunday, after the service, we have, we have a, a guy, a man, come forward to give his life to Christ. I see many men and women raising their hand last Sunday. More than 10. That's the work of God. Yesterday, one of the young adult group went out to hike at the Sonul Wilderness. Is that, did I say right? Yes. After the short study there, uh, I asked one of the young guys, uh, are you ready? Are you ready to follow Christ? And he said, yes. I want to follow Christ. I am new, but I am ready. That's the work of God. That's the work of God. We baptized 10 women, dedicated kids. God's doing something here. We got to hold fast on the word of God. We got to hold fast on the name of Jesus. That one day, one day, we will know the name, the new name of Jesus Christ. And three things will be written on you and me. The name of God. The new Jerusalem. And the city of God. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. So imagine these things when you live daily. When things are hard as the worship team comes forward. When things are not going your way. When things are... When you feel like everyone has uh, forsaken you. When you feel like you're going through the dark soul of the night. Just remember. Just remember. Christ knows your works. And if you endure and persevere. And if you endure and persevere. Sorrow comes in the night. Sorrow and mourning comes in the night. But if you endure and linger there a little longer. If you endure and linger there a little longer. As the word of God promises. But joy comes in the morning. Yes. It will come. The morning star. Christ himself will come. And take us by our hand. Let us walk into the path of life. Amen. Let's be on our feet to praise the Lord God Almighty. Oh yes, we believe. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in God. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Let Him empower us so we can share the love of Christ outside.